1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to deviate a little bit today. It's my podcast. I can do what I want because we're going to be talking about your mental and even your physical health in a way that is something that probably touches very many of us. And I like to have programs like this on because if we are not taking care of ourselves and others in a way where we're nourishing our mental and our physical health or dealing with issues, then our businesses, it's not going to matter. So the most important thing, as we know, is that we take care of ourselves. So today's guest, oh my gosh, I don't get nervous real often because I've interviewed quite a few people, but this gentleman is, he is a delight. I've been having fun getting to know him, but please join me in welcoming the former Wisconsin governor, Martin Schreiber, to our program today. Welcome, sir. How are you doing?
2: Well, Deb, thank you. I'm I'm doing very fine and what an honor for me to be, be on your program and, and to be able to visit with you and your listeners. So Thank you very, very much for well, that,
1: as we said, we are very honored to have you. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. So, a native of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I think probably a Packer fan. It didn't say that in your bio, but I'm guessing you're a Packer fan. So former Wisconsin Governor Martin J. Schreiber was elected as the youngest member of the Wisconsin State Senate. He went on to become Lieutenant Governor and then to become the 39th governor of Wisconsin. More recently, Marty has become an outspoken advocate on issues relating to Alzheimer's disease and caregiving after his wife Elaine was diagnosed in 2007. Marty wrote about their journey together with Alzheimer's disease in a very popular and very well-received book called My Two Elaine's Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver. Well, we could go on forever about your bio, but, you know, we we want to have time to talk more with you. So, you know, one of the things I always ask my guests, how in the heck did you get to where you are today? So give us a little bit of that.
2: Probably I got to where I am today by the grace of God mm-hmm. and also because of my wife, Elaine. Mm-hmm. Um, she's yeah, passed away uh, two years ago and she was diagnosed for Alzheimer's some almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so before that, um, while I go back to being 14 years of age, when I met Elaine for the first time in Latin class, we, uh, her name was Thaney. My name was Schreiber. So we sat next to one another. Yep.
1: Mm, good old um, alphabetical. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So I fell in love and, uh, We dated, we went steady, we got engaged, we got married and four children, 13 grandchildren, now eight great-grandchildren. But how did I get to where I am today? I got there by the grace of God and also because Elaine was the most wonderful, helpful life partner, Mm -hmm. wife, the most wonderful person that you could ever hope to, to, to be able to be with. And she supported me. She worked hard uh, in everything that I might want to do. If uh, I would run for political office, she would be the hardest working campaigner. If I would lose, most importantly, she never let me feel defeated. Mm-hmm. And if there is one legacy or, or, or one special uh, ability that Elaine had was to make sure that We might have lost different things at different times, but we were never defeated. Mm -hmm. So how did I get where I am today by the grace of God and also by Elaine uh, just being the most wonderful person that any person could hope to have? And uh, now, how did we get to be on your show? That's really because of uh, the second Elaine.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, the First Elaine I described, you know, just helping and being so wonderful. Well... As I said, going back almost some 20 years ago, the second Elaine began to appear, uh, getting lost going to and from places she was going to and from. She was a wonderful cook, and sometimes she would cry because she would mess up recipes so badly. She would scrape the side of the car going in and out of the garage. She would tell stories about what happened a little bit ago, and there was no relationship to, to to reality. So that was the second Elaine. So what brought me to Deb Cryer on her show on Power Hour? It's the fact that my wife Elaine was uh, was two Elaine's, and mm-hmm. uh, I tried to—what uh, what happened was I, I'm on this Alzheimer's journey, and early on, I found out that there were things that I didn't know things that i should have known Mm -hmm. and i think back and how horrible it was that i was not more aware of how you deal with this disease and what made it so tragic about my ignorance of this disease is that elaine and i missed out on moments of joy Mm -hmm. and uh uh that that was and and i think back and so when i say we missed out on moments of joy the moments of joy that we missed out on were because i was trying to keep her in my world and uh, <clears throat> you cannot with alzheimer's you can't you cannot bring the person back into Your world, right, Elaine? It didn't happen on a Thursday. It happened on a Friday, Mm -hmm. Elaine. It wasn't the Smiths. It was the Joneses, Elaine. Why did you put the car keys in the dishwasher, Elaine? You told me six times about what's happening, Elaine. For the tenth time in a row, we're leaving at ten o'clock in the morning, and so what? 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 What happens then is you, you 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 don't want to lose your loved one. Mm-hmm. And so you try and keep them and your world. And what I finally began to understand was that I had to let go of this person who once was, so that I can now embrace this person who now is. And and also when I when I get when I think about, uh, you know, joining Elaine's world, uh, in in with with her Alzheimer's. In my book, I'm I'm ready to go to print, and and maybe a month, two months before I'm ready to go to print, I find a series of notes and journals that Elaine had been keeping since her diagnosis. Oh, my. And never did, well, we had prayed together and we had cried together, but never did I understand the courage that it takes to be diagnosed with this illness Mm -hmm. and then go forward. Imagine being diagnosed, the doctor says, look, you're going to be losing your memory. All of the fears that come into your mind when you think, well, what is going to happen? So then on top of that, your husband says, no, it didn't happen on a Thursday. It happened on a Friday. No, why are you asking me? Why did you put the car keys in? You don't even remember that you did all of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So what? what is happening is you're losing your memory. Mm-hmm. You're uncertain about so many things, so worried, and at the same time, your loved one who adores you is criticizing you right. for mad at you. Well, for something you don't remember doing,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: uh, and so I I have learned that's so important. Then uh, to have joined her world, and and so once once I learned that. The, the doctor, when we were diagnosed, when Elaine was diagnosed, said that there are four things that we should be doing. Uh, one uh, is Numenda and Aracept. Those were drugs uh, and were supposed to delay the progress. I don't know if they did, but we took them. Socialization, that being something important. Uh, and then also the third thing is going uh, for a walk, which is the best exercise for the brain. And then the fourth thing was a glass of red wine every evening. Elaine got four weeks ahead with a glass of red wine and three weeks behind in the walking. But when we would go for a walk, mm-hmm. she would say, oh, look at that beautiful flower. Well, mm-hmm. come on, Elaine. In my mind.
1: Right. We're walking.
2: <laughs> we're walking. Mm-hmm. And look at the bird, how mm-hmm. pretty. So we could have stopped for a moment and looked at the bird. Mm-hmm. And what I began to find out later on is that we could be together and watch leaves be blown across the lawn, and have that be a wonderful experience. And uh, uh, just, just, I cannot, I, I, I don't think I can do justice to describing what is going on, or what I think was going on in the mind of my wife Elaine with Alzheimer's, and what goes on in the minds of other people mm-hmm. who have Alzheimer's, but then also how we as caregivers can help our loved one live their best life possible by joining their world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and just how much that means to them uh, to to get the comfort mm-hmm. of an understanding that their world is what it's really all about. Right,
1: right you know, and I love that phrase, joining her world, because she's not part of your world anymore. I mean, that's, that is the, you know, when you, when you talk about two Elaine's and, you know, I, I shared with you before that my father had Alzheimer's and I did a lot of the same things, you know, no, remember this, why can't you remember this? And, and people I've talked to, you know, they, they all do that. And, and we think if we force them to remember it's going to kick those brain cells in gear, right? You know, and of course, it's not. And and all that happens is everybody gets frustrated and angry and upset. So you know, one of the things, and and I loved reading your book. It was heartbreaking, but it was so good. Um, and and I do, I strongly encourage anyone, whether you have someone in your life that is on this journey or not, read this because it is such an important book. But one of the things that, that you talk about in the book, and, and, and this actually, you know, we, we came to the conclusion with my dad, is to tell white lies. It's okay to say, oh, the keys belonged in the dishwasher, or you're right, it was Thursday. Correcting them, it, it doesn't make a difference, right? Um, you know, and, and so I love that you talk about white lies,
2: Well, I I call it not only white lies but therapeutic fibbing. Right. And And
1: it's therapeutic for both, right? Sure.
2: So Elaine asked me once how her parents were. Mm -hmm. Well, I said, they're both dead.
1: Oh, which was crushing. Mm -hmm. It
2: was crushing. And so I promised myself I would never put her through that again. Mm -hmm. So the next time she asked me, Mm -hmm. um, how are my parents? I said, Elaine, they're doing great. I said, your mom likes working at church. Your dad likes Mm -hmm. the sports. And, uh, oh, she said, that makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's therapeutic fibbing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to, Deb, I want to warn you and listeners, uh, I want to say two things additional about therapeutic mm-hmm. fibbing, which is important. One is I tried it the first year of marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that didn't work out so good.
1: No, no, not not your first year of marriage. No, no.
2: But then the other is, and, and you said it's all right, but not everyone believes this. Mm-hmm. But if you can recall, in the Old Testament, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and brought down the Ten Commandments,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the front of those commandments is written in, in uh, uh, Arabic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, because I was there, I was able to look on the other side of the stone tablets, and there, chiseled in English, is therapeutic fibbing is okay that therapeutic fibbing sometimes mm. is really important. Right. Mm-hmm. so i want i want caregivers to know mm-hmm. that we can let go of mm-hmm. the tr- right because therapeutic fibbing and again it's it's helping our loved one live mm-hmm. their best life possible right uh and and then well, here and, and i i Alzheimer's when Elaine was diagnosed 20 years ago mm-hmm. there was no cure and and also it it can it, it they don't know how to stop it right but they were no better off mm-hmm. than were 1 years ago basically mm-hmm. now, there had been some drugs
0: mm-hmm. but i find
2: all of them wanting mm-hmm. so th- so the it's, it it has been then the same for 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 20 years, and uh, because we can't fight this disease right now, because we can't cure it, what we can do, however, is make the determination that our goal is going to be to help our loved one Mm -hmm. but also ourselves live the best lives Mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you fight this disease and try and bring the person back to your world, It's a terrible Mm -hmm. diagnosis. It's a terrible uh, look forward and depressing to think that Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's disease can't be controlled. Mm -hmm. Well, what can we do that can give us some hope? Mm -hmm. What can we do that can give us some goal of of, of opportunity Mm -hmm. for hope? And that goal can be to help our loved one live the best life possible. Mm -hmm. And as we said, therapeutic fibbing is one of the ways of helping our loved one live their best life possible and then there's also like redirection All uh, right it,
1: you talked about that in the book is like oh let's go over here <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah and so it's nine o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. Elaine wants a glass of wine huh. no we can. you can't have it. it's nine no that's not the answer mm-hmm do you want red wine or white wine? Mm-hmm. Do you want to drink it with your sisters or with the neighbors and so forth? Maybe by redirection, mm-hmm. we don't have to get into the conflict. Right. Of, mm-hmm. not, and, and I've seen that conflict mm-hmm. with, with caregivers who say, no, you just had a cookie. You can't have another cookie. Or I already gave you a blanket to cover yourself. Mm-hmm. Up. Why do you? That's not. That's redirection, right?
1: Because they don't remember that they got that blanket, that cookie, that whatever.
2: That is correct. Mm -hmm. And so, let's assume hypothetically in this moment that redirection doesn't work for the glass of wine Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning. What is wrong with someone having a glass of wine at nine o'clock in the morning? Right. No, it's morning, noon. You make it
1: a little bit smaller. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, add water, just or maybe Mm -hmm. just water. but, But. but we, we caregivers have to be like detectives,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we have to try and understand and find out what is going to be of interest to our loved one, mm-hmm. to try and help them live their best life possible. Mm-hmm. Elaine was a great cook. And mm-hmm. so what we did during her, her period of time when we lived at home, we would chop celery. We chopped a lot of celery. <laughs> and- but she enjoyed that. And she was feeling useful, mm-hmm. um, a, a homemaker. Uh, so we would fold towels. Mm-hmm. She felt useful doing that. Mm-hmm. Folded a stack of towels. I went into the next room,
1: crumpled them up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and so, it, and, and 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 see, I guess the again the goal to help our loved one live mm-hmm. our best life possible, and and join their world. It. It can ease the heart and it can ease the soul. Mm-hmm. and it can be an understanding that we are actually giving a a, a type of medicine, a type
0: mm-hmm. of
2: mm-hmm. A therapy, a type of, 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 of helpfulness. And so I one thing, the goal is to help our loved one and ourselves live our best life possible. Right. And let's assume hypothetically that I won this billion dollar lottery and I call you up and I say, Deb, I'm going to take you and every single one of, of your viewers. We're going to go on a trip in the Caribbean on a, on a cruise ship. Ooh. And so we're on this cruise ship and one of our, uh, uh, a falls overboard. <laughs> Yikes. Throw him a lifeline mm-hmm. and, uh, they, they grab the lifeline and, they think they're going to be saved, we think we're gonna save them, and the life (laughs) breaks Mm -hmm. and they drown. Mm
0: -hmm. Well,
2: when you read my book, you will learn how much your loved one depends upon the caregiver to be a lifeline. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And when they are in their most dire need of of anxiety and worry and frustration and and confusion, we throw them a lifeline and Mm -hmm. it breaks. Well, why does the lifeline that we might want it through our loved one, why does that break? It breaks because we caregivers have gnawed at that lifeline mm-hmm. to make it weak. Right. How have we gnawed at it? We haven't gotten enough sleep. Mm-hmm. We didn't get enough exercise. Right. Didn't socialize. Mm-hmm. We didn't take care of ourselves. We thought that maybe a martini, two or three or four in the evening, uh, is is going to be uh, a good thing, mm-hmm. and so, as, as I said in the book, I point out where Elaine's diaries say how important I was in in her life, and I put that in there not for self grandizement, but so caregivers would understand mm-hmm. they are so important mm-hmm. in this horrible disease to helping their loved one live their best life possible, and if we don't take care of ourselves, mm-hmm. well, not only are we unable to do that which we want to do, and that's to help our loved one, but also, well, I'm not doing well um, health wise. And uh, my daughter gave me an article on the benefits of moderate drinking, and it wasn't because I was drinking too little. And so, what, what happened then, they actually had. A, uh, you know, a, a confrontation. What do they call it when you get together? Oh, an
1: intervention.
2: They had an <clears throat> intervention with me, and they said, "Dad, uh, we've lost mom, but mm-hmm. we don't want to lose you. Right. And if you don't take care of yourself,
0: mm-hmm. you're,
2: we're going to lose you, and we don't want to lose both parents." Mm-hmm. And if you check on the statistics, uh, you will find that far too many uh, caregivers mm-hmm. die before their loved one. Right, right. And they do that because this worry and this anxiety sets in, but your mm-hmm. your your lifestyle. So what 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 makes the, the, the job of a caregiver so so difficult, uh among other things, and that is so Elaine we are trying to help Elaine or any caregiver trying to help their loved one be reach a level of comfort. And you just about have it to the point where it's organized and, and because the disease is regressive continuously, mm-hmm. you wake up the next morning and it's a whole
1: new world. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the challenges is, you know, one day they're fine, one hour they're fine, the next they're not, then they're back again. I mean, it's just, it is such a challenge.
2: And so the question is, you know, how, how can we best meet
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, meet that challenge? But then we worry about, and we well, what am I doing wrong?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so then you spend more time,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: you spend more worry, and lo and behold, you are continuing to gnaw mm-hmm. right. The, yeah. and, know. Right.
1: Yeah. And and you know, now I'm a firm believer. Our caregivers are our superheroes. You know, we we could not get along without them. Um, but the, the caregivers, you know they they're filled with anger with guilt they're not doing well physically and emotionally and it was interesting just earlier today i heard someone say this a, and she was a caregiver to her father and she said guilt is a gift that you give yourself <laughs> and and i thought you know that is so true because we do we just you know we feel guilty what aren't we doing right why are we making it worse why are we upsetting them why am i angry you know and and all of those things and instead We need to give ourselves the grace to actually feel those things, right? Because we are going to feel those things, but acknowledge it and then go, okay, now we're moving on.
2: What you said is so important. And I never thought of it that way about guilt is maybe the word give, like we could change it to give us the uh, penalty we give ourselves Mm -hmm. of of, description Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but what you described in the emotions about feeling the guilt and about mm-hmm. feeling the anger uh, is so true. And and there again, that's why in my book, I, I tried to lay out a path. I, I tried to point out things that I wish I would have known sooner mm-hmm. so individuals, uh, caregivers could... Well, it's like I took a trip up a mountain trail, a very mm-hmm. arduous, difficult trip. Mm-hmm. I went up and I came back and I'm sitting at the beginning of the trail and there are other caregivers that are just starting out. Mm -hmm. And my book, what I try and say is, please sit down with me and talk for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I made the trip. I know where Mm -hmm. some of the very difficult things are. Mm -hmm. I know it might be made easier where it would be ordinarily very Mm -hmm. difficult. So, but please sit down and talk with me and let me share with you so as you make this journey mm-hmm. uh so may you be helped by mm-hmm. my experiences uh, what I what I mm-hmm. did do also in 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 the I had uh th- there's two part two books there's the Black to lanes that I worked at and self-published mm-hmm. and there was the second edition which is now out by Harper publisher. Mm -hmm. And it's the same book, but it's published by Harper's because they felt it should go nationwide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what, what the book also has, the second book is a discussion between myself and a neuropsychologist
0: Mm
2: -hmm. to reaffirm. For example, I had these personal experiences and I wanted to give the reader the assurance that what I was experiencing, Mm -hmm. it's, is applicable and, mm-hmm. and it's right. For example, as someone has uh, um, COVID and I say, drink bleach. Well, uh, we'd better check that out with the doctor before. Right.
1: We uh-huh. Probably not a good plan.
2: <laughs> so, but, and so I wanted to have this neuropsychologist give reaffirmation. So mm-hmm. there is a, a discussion in, in the book uh, between myself and her about different, different various, uh, mm-hmm. various kinds of issues. what, 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 what I wanted to also sort of talk about for a moment is that uh, this disease is not what you call a chicken casserole disease. In other words, if I have open heart surgery, chicken uh, people will bring me a chicken casserole. Right. If I have hip surgery, chicken casserole will be brought because of people being concerned. Mm-hmm because people are ignorant of alzheimer's friends neighbors and relatives do not know how to respond right how to handle this disease mm-hmm. and because they don't know how to handle this disease they don't know what to do so mm-hmm. they stay away
0: mm-hmm. so
2: then one of the great challenges that a caregiver faces is the feeling the feeling that they are being abandoned Mm -hmm. by their friends of 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. They're not being abandoned. The people just simply don't understand the disease and Mm -hmm. how to handle it. And then they also say, well, you know, I don't know how to handle it. And they Mm -hmm. don't maybe know my name and so forth. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to share was that, so when Elaine went into assisted living, uh, what I did many times was to join her for lunch. And so one day we're having lunch and she's beginning to cry. And I say, Elaine, why are you crying? Well, she said, uh, I'm beginning to love you more than my husband. Well, I didn't ask her what's wrong with her.
1: Right, but yeah. yeah.
2: That. Mm-hmm. But what what that meant to me was it was not necessary for her to know my name in order mm-hmm. for hearts to touch. Right. And I try and have not only caregivers, but their uh, care- uh, loved ones and friends understand that it's not necessary for them the person ill to remember their name mm-hmm. and that hearts can touch by a smile mm-hmm. by, yeah. a hug, mm-hmm. by a hug by holding of a hand mm-hmm. by the singing of a song and so all of that becomes then in in, in turn so important again joining a world of the person who mm-hmm. now is right
1: Right. You know, and, and the Alzheimer's Association, which I know you are a big advocate for, they've got great resources. And one of the resources that I'm looking at is 10 ways to help a family living with Alzheimer's. And they say exactly what you say. Um, you know, you need to be there for them and, and you're not just there for the person who has Alzheimer's, be there for their caregivers too. Um, you know, and, and, and I tell that to people when we're talking about cancer is maybe that caregiver, really, 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 really needs an hour to themselves, you know? And and so go and offer to sit, offer to, to, you know, do whatever so that the caregiver can, can do some, maybe, maybe you, you know, if if you're dealing with a woman, pay for her to have a, you know, a manicure somewhere, but then, you know, don't just do, don't just pay for it. You need to go in and be there um, so that, that she feels she can go do that. You know, maybe, you know, you need to go to a movie Anything, Um, you know, and and but it's like you said, we don't know what to do, so then we don't do anything.
2: Deb, what you say is so important. You know, the fact that our friends or neighbors would would give some respite, some relief time to the caregiver, and like you said, it can be as easy as just visiting with the person who was ill mm-hmm. for a little bit of time to allow the caregiver to mm-hmm. to go out and about. Um, so your message and your program is so important because that simple aspect just simply of helping out someone and giving some respite mm-hmm. is is such a powerful force mm-hmm. in the life of a caregiver mm-hmm. to get additional perspective mm-hmm. and what what happens with with this and you described it with with the guilt and so forth that comes about what 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 happens is because the caregiver feels this guilt Because the caregiver isn't getting enough sleep, because the caregiver is worried about things with anxiety and so forth, the caregiver can become irrationally irritable. Mm -hmm. And that irrational irritability can manifest itself. Well, in my point, to have to end up buying boxes of candy and flowers to people on the other side of the counter. Lots of
1: apologies. Oh, my gosh.
2: And, and so, but it can go, it it just becomes so powerful where ordinary human beings of, of, of love and understanding have such a mm-hmm. outgoing of, 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 of irrational irritability because of all of this buildup. And so, again, to reinforce what you said about giving the caregiver some respite care of some kind or another just to help give them some some perspective and understanding mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a, an important right.
1: Pitch. Right. you know and and I talk about this a lot be specific folks don't just say hey Marty, tell us if there's anything we can do for you because we're so caught up in what we're having to deal with we're not going to say Ooh, I need this um you know and 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 so if you say can we do this? You know, give them something specific, even if it's not what they want, then they have the opportunity to say, No, but what if we did this? Um, you know, and 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 it was funny because when I learned to to actually ask specific questions when I was so ill to say this is what I need, I would have so many people who said we can do that. Um, you know, and, and so it is kind of on us also to, to say, hey, we need this. But yeah, if you're the friend, the loved one, the neighbor, the co worker be specific folks, you know, and, and, and say, you know, not just what can I do, but maybe say, here are some suggestions, Um, you know, and, and because again, we're so caught up in dealing with what it is that we can't come. And more importantly, we don't want to be a bother. Um, You know, we don't want to, you know, oh, you know, and, and one of the things that is kind of the, uh, the undercurrent of your book is that you did not know how to, and you didn't do it soon enough, and that was ask for help. So talk to us more about that.
2: Well, we men, okay, and I don't say this with great pride, but we men never have to ask for direction. No,
1: men do not ask for help. That's just not and, done. Mm. And we're
2: always right. Mm-hmm. And we can beat this Alzheimer's, and so on. And what we have to understand. Clearly, we men and also women, too, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that when you ask for help, it's a sign that you're not giving up. Right. We can assume for a moment being surrounded by an enemy with no hope of of, they're going to just simply overwhelm Mm -hmm. us, and we decide not to go for help. Well, that's giving up. Right. To ask for help means that you're not giving up. Mm-hmm. But to ask for help also means that you're going to make a special determination to make things better. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I found that to be a serious, eh, one One of the things to not ask for help. So uh, through the Alzheimer's Association, um, I am going to counseling. I come into the counselor's office one one day and it was just horrible because I knew that Elaine would have to go into into assisted living memory care. So the counselor said, "Well, what's wrong?" And I said, "I just cannot see putting Elaine into a nursing home." Right. He were putting. You
1: should be able to care for her yourself.
2: Right. And the counselor said, "You are not putting Elaine any place." We're mm-hmm. giving her an opportunity to be who she is now. Right? Questions of of the of the of, of the counselor: Can Marty Schreiber's twenty four seven nursing home uh, uh, take care of her? The mm-hmm. answer is no. No. Can Marty Schreiber do the kind of job in, in no. Mm-hmm. And so here is what I learned: my not wanting to put Elaine into a nursing home was my personal battle with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And to carry it to the next step, it was not how I can best serve Elaine. It's my personal battle with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And Elaine was the worst for it. Once I understand, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I can't beat this disease. What I have to understand is my goal, realizable, is to help my loved one Mm -hmm. live her best life possible. And at that moment in time, the best life possible was her to go into assisted mm-hmm. memory, uh, mm-hmm. memory care into, into a nursing home. Right. right. And so, uh, so we men, you know, we can be captain of the football team. We can be whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we think, we, th- we think we can't ask for help. I think not asking for help is a coward, selfish, uh, egotistical, mm-hmm. uh, uncaring. Right. Um, activity of, of a loved one mm-hmm. and i want to be very uh really strict um and forceful uh in the term about how foolish it is selfish to not ask for no
0: mm-hmm.
2: right you need to keep as you said that respite opportunity mm-hmm. and and uh you can't you can't do it by yourself right you just simply
0: can't right. you
1: know and I, you know it's You need them to be where they are going to be well cared for. Um, You know, I, I mentioned that my father had Alzheimer's, and my mother was very adamant that she was the only one who could care for him. And her one thing a week that she did by herself was go to church. And you know, it was it was kind of one of those things. My father, you know, God bless him, he he was not a church going man. And, you know, and, and I was, you know, he was, he, I was up there, uh, this was in Colorado, and I went to visit, and he and I were kind of chatting about this, and, and, you know, he was having a good day, so he was able to to discuss this, and I said, so, you know, he, you know what's what's going on? And he said, oh, you know, if I go to a church, the walls will fall down, you know, and and so, but, you know, and and so mom would go to church. Now, this is high in the Rocky Mountains. This is an elevation a little over 8,000 feet and one of the cold winter days he decided he was going to go outside um and luckily he didn't leave the yard but which you know he could have and and you know and and but he got very very cold um you know because he was out in his slippers and his pajamas and it was probably below 0 uh you know and, and just all sorts of things and mom came home and found him like that and and like i said tragedy was averted In many cases, it's not, Um, you know, and and she didn't want to lock him in the house. And I never quite understood that. But um, and so, you know, her decision was she still needed to go to church. So Don Gore, my dad, was going to go to church, too. And so it was so funny because, again, I was having a conversation with him. He was having a good day. And I said, so I understand you've been going to church. And and I said, and the walls didn't fall down around you. And this sweet little old man looks at me and says, "I heard them crack." <laughs> but you know, it was it 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 was one of those things where if Mom had said to their many friends, "Can you go sit with him for that hour?" Now he actually loved going to church because everybody fussed at him. He loved the music. I mean, all sorts of things, and and so that worked out. But again, you know it's it's okay to ask for help or to you know have day you know, adult daycare. There's you know so many things, and obviously it depends on where you live. but you're not letting them down by doing that. You're actually uplifting them um, and taking care of your own mental, spiritual, physical health in the, at, at the same time.
2: Uh, as as we talked, the knowing of that lifeline your your mom, was the lifeline for your dad mm-hmm. and if she didn't get that opportunity to have some kind of uplifting mm-hmm. of spirit right um it's and and i so in the number of i i sometimes give talks about alzheimer's and also sometimes about caregiver uh caregiving and uh after my my presentation and questions and answers people come up and you know they talk with basic with tears in their eyes Mm -hmm. about how they wish they would have known some of the things that we had talked about in in the book how if they would have known that or if their mother or dad would have known it what a difference it would have made Mm in 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 their life and so uh when elaine was first diagnosed i said the doctor said there were four things you know um numen and ericep and socialization Mm -hmm. and walking in in the glass of red wine and so forth but there was not an understanding given to me and it's my fault as well about what it's going to take to be a caregiver Mm -hmm. you know and you know it's it's I, I don't know that it would be sort of like having a, a baby and just simply not having any kind of concept about what what right?
1: what, what how the heck do we take care of this mm-hmm. right
2: how do, and and so I I had no understanding of the toll that it can take mm-hmm. on a caregiver if the caregiver doesn't take care of themselves I had no understanding about joining the world of this person mm-hmm. who now is I had no understanding about. The importance of support, mm-hmm. friends, or support group. I had no understanding of, of any of that, mm-hmm. and so um, I am trying to promote a program called uh, Direct Connect, and that is with through the medical society that if there is a diagnosis of of Alzheimer's, that they get, ask the caregiver to sign a permission slip getting around. The privacy laws,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or to satisfy the privacy laws—that's a better term. But then, in turn, the uh, the, the permit the, the 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 slip would authorize the doctor to contact the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. Association, so the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. Association, in turn, could talk to the caregiver, right. mm-hmm. just so that there is some understanding mm-hmm. about what lies mm-hmm. ahead, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so when Elaine was diagnosed, and I figured something, uh, you know, I have to know a little bit more. Something. I went to the bookstore, the library. There's a lot of books about Alzheimer's, but mm-hmm. I could not find uh, a book which would present the challenge in a very, in a in a simple but yet forceful way. Mm-hmm. These other books, many of them were marvelous books, but the detail that they went into, and 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 it just my book is a quick read. You can you can get through it in a I did.
1: I read it in an evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And and people have told me that they keep it almost as a referral mm-hmm. system. I don't know. Uh you're too young to go back to Dr. Spock, but in my era there was Dr. Spock who mm-hmm. had this book. And if you were raising a child, you would go to doctors and uh-huh. had a problem. Mm-hmm. Go to, and so with with the book, if you are uh, are facing the type of a challenge you can at least get a overall mm-hmm. not an overall but at least the basic understanding right. what your next move mm-hmm. or so forth right might be. so that's uh um what one th- this is just a side note um the emotions of caring for your loved one and seeing them lose their memory i had a a gentleman come up to me after a talk, and he was crying, and he he asked me, "Is it okay for me to pray that my wife would die?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and and I can understand why that question is asked because it is so painful and and so much hardship to see your loved one go through that. Mm-hmm. And
1: if that, they were in physical pain, it would be understandable that you prayed that, right?
2: Yes, yes, and and so. I said, well, I said, I I don't know if you can or not, but I know you can pray that God's will be done. And Mm -hmm. uh, because I am not in any position, but I I do want to say that when Elaine passed away, I could not ask her at that time to live one hour longer than she did Mm -hmm. because she was so incapacitated. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you know it, it it was a bittersweet kind of thing because mm-hmm. I then knew she no longer had to deal with the situation that mm-hmm. she was in. Uh, but yet you you miss them so terribly much. Mm-hmm. but uh, I uh, I just hope that caregivers understand that they've got the toughest job in the world. Mm-hmm. I think you call them heroes. they are absolutely true heroes, mm-hmm. but also that as as hard, broken as we might feel we also have to be courageous and intelligent mm-hmm. enough to ask for help right and, right. Uh, and know that that makes a
0: mm-hmm. difference
1: right you know and and I think one of the things that that helps people is just knowing they're not alone which may be why people keep referring back to your book and, and things like that you know it was interesting when my father passed away people you know wonderful condolences and but I remember I told one person I said you need to understand. My dad was gone years ago. This sweet little old man was this sweet little old man, but mm-hmm. dad was gone a while ago. Um, you know, and, and we were very fortunate that dad um, you know, he he was this sweet little old man. Now I did I did have to giggle a bit when I read your book when you said that Elaine would start swearing. My dad did too. You know, it was, you would kind of startle you when he would use some of the words that he never said in front of women. I mean, you know, it was just, um, but but yeah, he was, he, he it was, you know, it was like you said, the two Elaines. There were two dads, you know, and and I had mourned the first one, but then we had to mourn the second one, right? Um, you know, and and I think that was the the thing was just knowing, you know it was it was just different. Um, you know, and and I think that that comes back to that guilt again. you know why and 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 just the pain of them looking at us and not knowing who we are. And you know, I loved it in your book when you talked about the fact that your wife looked at you, your wife of many, many years, like you said, you met when you were fourteen, and and she told you what a handsome man you were. But she didn't know that you were her husband, but you you know, it was and, and so that was okay, you know. She she knew that she had this very handsome man who was helping her.
2: Well, uh, she um uh, she said I was so handsome when we were eating lunch and again at the assisted living mm-hmm. memory care, and the, the doctors and the nurses heard her say that. Well, they thought she was getting better. Uh-huh. That she could recognize me as a handsome mm-hmm. man. She right. also, I think at a time said that I was intelligent. Well, mm. now she was getting better because mm-hmm. Elaine absolutely knew uh, that her husband was intelligent and good looking, and so I was. Uh, I was. Uh, but uh, although everyone thought she was getting better, she wasn't. She wasn't right.
1: Right. But you know, and again, that's where it's hard is when there are those flashes where something clicks. Yeah. And they all of a sudden know you or, you know, it's it's interesting when we look at at all the various things, when they recognize, say, music, you know, we've we've all heard a lot about how music makes a big difference. But when they remember, you know, a song from 30, 40, 50 years ago, but they don't remember their child's name, um, you know, that is. And and so, again, back to, you know what? It's OK. Maybe maybe you put that music on and you dance with them like you would have. 30, 40, 50 years ago. They don't they don't need to know who you are. And I mean, it's it's gonna bring pain. I mean, that's the other thing. It's it's you know, it is just so painful, but the look on their face is is what makes it worth it because they're they're taken back into that time frame when they were very happy.
2: And and again, what what you are underscoring is the goal of a caregiver is to help their loved one mm-hmm. live their best possible. Mm-hmm. And to bring that kind of joy, Elaine mm-hmm. uh, and I—I I guess if uh, you know—if I list my regrets, um, one of them would be not dancing enough with Elaine,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: so forth. But I want to just cover one point that 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 we had talked about just mm-hmm. a moment ago, and that this—that's this whole aspect of grieving.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I had a friend who retired, and uh, he was enjoying his retirement. One night after dinner he watched television and he had a massive heart attack and he died yikes and that was a tragedy
0: mm-hmm.
2: so there was a the funeral mm-hmm. and people came by to express their sympathy mm-hmm. their condolences and there was closure
0: mm-hmm.
2: there was closure right and Alzheimer's caregiver doesn't get closure and Alzheimer's caregiver sees their loved one mind disappear a little mm-hmm. bit every day mm-hmm uh, and so what happens is, I think what we do not do is we do not realize that we're going through a process of grieving. We're losing our loved one a little bit mm-hmm. every day. We're in this uh, unacknowledged grieving, mm-hmm. uh, what I call it. And we caregivers have to understand what we're going through in addition to the worry and anxiety uh the depression. We have to understand that we are also grieving
0: mm-hmm. and grieving.
2: And uh, in that process, if we can understand it, we should face it, and we should maybe understand the importance of counseling. We should maybe understand, you know, you wake up and wonder, why do I feel so god awful miserable? Well, I it's understandable. Mm -hmm. You're grieving. You've got worry. You've got anxiety. You just yelled at someone for no reason before. You're under a lot of pressure. Caregiving may be one of the toughest jobs in the world, but by the same token, if we can use a few touch points, mm-hmm. um, it can make all mm-hmm. all all the difference mm-hmm. in the world. As far as at least making our uh, loved one have their best life mm-hmm. possible for the life right. that they have.
1: Right. You know, and. It's, it is, it's such a challenge and one that, you know, we, we, especially in the early stages, we try to ignore, um, you know, and, and I encourage people to go to the Alzheimer's Association. They've got some great information on what are kind of the the first 10 signals that might you know, and, and, and of course we all are thinking, I'm just getting old. He's just getting old. Well, Yeah. But you know, or you know, if you're like me and you've had so much anesthesia that you know our brains are just kind of fried um, but there are very specific things. It's not just that we're getting old. And so I encourage people because you know, as we've been talking about, the sooner we start with with some of this, the better it will be. Like you said, you know, even if it's just dancing more, going for more walks, all of those things, you know, and and not just, putting it off. You know, we I talked to people, you know, get that bucket list out and do the stuff now. Um, you know, cuz you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you mentioned that the the gentleman who, you know, had a massive heart attack and poof, his bucket list probably had a lot of stuff on it that he could have been doing. Um, you know, and and so um, you know, and and then it's it is about, you know, setting those small goals, too. Um, you know, maybe what happens is like you said, you know, you have a delightful lunch. She doesn't know who you are, but you had a delightful lunch, um, you know, and 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 that's that's OK.
2: That's OK. What what I wanted to do, uh, I have a, a list of a few resources in my book. OK, perfect. Uh, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wanted to let everyone know the Alzheimer's Association can be alz.org. dot mm-hmm. org. Mm-hmm. And they also have an 800 hotline, mm-hmm. uh, almost 24. It's 24 seven. It
1: is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's 800. 272 mm-hmm. 3900 and so um what's, uh, I just wanted to show you a copy of of the cover of the Oh book.
1: and it has this wonderful picture of the two of you and as youngsters
2: yes as youngsters and so um I just want to so let I just want to read the last lines of my book okay mm-hmm. and so um, so this is the very end, and so I conclude by saying I'm so very lucky I met Miss Elaine Ruthany in freshman Latin class. Lucky to have her fall in love with me. Lucky she said yes. Lucky she supported every dream and crazy idea I ever had. Luckily she raised such great kids. Lucky I still get to hold her hand every day. If Alzheimer's is the worst thing that can happen, I've got the best of the worst. For what better blessing, better promise can be, can any person receive than, and this is her quote from her diary. When in heaven, I will always be smiling down at you with great love to the best man in the world. And so we have these moments and we just have to rejoice in in the positive aspects. And so what you are doing, Deb, is helping people get through some really tough moments and having an opportunity to just sit back and appreciate what is good, be grateful for what was good in the past also. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Yeah, we can remember. Maybe they can't, but we can.
2: Yes, yes. And as uh, I said, it's uh, your hearts can touch even though they may not know it. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we're... (sighs) We could go on forever, right? You know, I told you that's why we have to set a timer. Um, especially because if what we're saying is helping people. But you know, how do people reach out to you and um, you know, and and you know, get your information?
2: Well, we have a website, my mm-hmm. and uh uh through that they can uh, I'll get into well, I uh, gave a discussion on a today show a while back and you know, other types of discussions, but anybody is interested in the book, they can order the book through that Mm. or through uh, amazon.com. And uh, also I enjoy giving talks, and so I uh, do not uh, charge for the talks because it's my passion to, Mm. I I conclude if Alzheimer's is bad, ignorance of the disease is worse. Right, And so the goal is to help as many people as under, possible to understand Mm -hmm. what this disease is about, how we can deal with it in the most positive aspect and Mm -hmm. in the most positive way.
1: Right. You know, and and all that information is on your website, which is my2elanes.com. Well, you know, my condolences on the loss of your beloved Elaine. Um, It's been almost two years. So what's next for you?
2: Well, first of all, my condolence to you with the loss of your dad and also the courage that you show through your cancer recovery and through your illness. So what is next for me? Is that the question? Um, if, if I can talk with people about the importance of knowing about this disease, uh, that's what I'm really all about. I will be celebrating my 85th birthday on uh, April 8th. And so, uh, um, I'm trying not to let the old age uh, slow me down a little bit, but uh, um, yeah. Uh, i i do just really want to say thank you again i i, I don't want to move, miss the opportunity and to think about the fact that guilt being a, a present we give ourselves uh that is just so helpful i think to understand and making sure that uh caregivers get help and so on i i i just do want to thank you for for all of that and the courage that you have shown remarkable so well
1: Thank you. Um, you know, it's like we said, if we can, can help educate people, that's what we're here to do, uh, you know, and, and it, it, this has been, you know, I, I always say it's a delightful conversation. That's not the right word for this, um, but it has been a wonderful conversation. And I hope that, um, you know, we, we can continue it. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with?
2: I think I think the best is 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 just for people to understand that if we can help our loved one live their best life possible, uh, that is in and of itself one of the most important things we we can do in life. And whether it's if they would be a cancer uh, uh, a victim or whether they would be an Alzheimer's uh, victim, uh, to set about helping people live their best lives possible. Uh, I think that's a pretty good thing.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm Deb Creer. I have been having, as I said, a wonderful discussion with the former Wisconsin governor, Martin J. Schreiber, or now as I call him, Marty. You know, we and and, but he is the author of My Two Elaine's Learning, Coping and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver. As I mentioned, everybody should read this book. You know, at some point, you're going to be touched by this. you know, I hope to have you on again. I think this is great information, but until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network.